Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Wildridge, and this is the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, and today we are talking about The Suicide Squad, the new James Gunn iteration of the team. And of course, with me back, we talked about it literally almost a year ago when the trailer dropped at DC Fandom. Uh, Koi, Koi, introduce yourself to the kids at home in case they don't know who you are. Who are you? Where can they find you? What are you up to? I'm Coy Jandro. I'm a comic book junkie, film nerd, all the things uh, that are blissfully so amazing right now. We used to hide these Spidey shirts, and now The Suicide Squad with characters I never thought I'd see are on screen. It's insane. Mm -hmm. That was my biggest brush of the experience was like that character. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can find me on uh, KoyCast, which is my podcast, which is available wherever you stream your pods, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, etc. It's a weekly show where I basically talk about the news one week and then the second week, so every other week. We have long-form discussions about some of the more impactful things and answer hotline questions. So try to mix it up between the classic Clatter Heroes stuff and then the more conversational podcast stuff. Uh, I also have a weekly show on YouTube called Koi Cubed. I also have a Patreon with lots of tiers of Patreon-exclusive stuff. And I also uh, am at Collider with uh, basically movie clubs sometimes, comic book shopping sometimes, used to do Heroes. You can also find me on Screen Junkies, uh, occasionally on Rotten Tomatoes. And basically everywhere comic stuff's talked about because I love this stuff, including right here. So just type my name on the internet. I pop up places. He's, he's all over the place. Check all of that out, please. Go follow him. Go check all that stuff out. And as I just mentioned at the beginning, so background DC fandom, I had you and Sabrina on to go through and kind of like go through the trailer and see who we thought, who lived and who died. Neither you or I have revisited that list prior to, to this moment. Um, so at the very end, we're going to be talking about spoilers and, and discussing who lived and who died. But before that, we're going to be talking about free guy, spoiler free. We're going to be talking about suicide squad, spoiler free. And then we're going to get spoilers. So you guys have a second. Don't go, don't uh, click that dial just yet. Um, so let's get into it. Shall we? Normally we, uh, uh, start this episode with, with what we're into, but we're going to just dive since we both saw free guy, uh, uh we in the same theater together. I we, think we're both into it. We're both into it. We literally, but before even we do that, I'd like to remind everybody that if you want to check episodes like this out early, you can do that at patreon.com slash only stupid answers. Uh, you can also go to iTunes and give this a five-star review. You can write whatever you want in the five-star review and I'll read it. Just give us that five-star review. And if you listen to this show on Spotify, we ask a question every week and that you can answer on Spotify. Last week we asked what Disney ride should be made into a movie. Elaine Balthazar said Space Mountain, starring Florence Pugh and Sebastian Stan. Um, uh, Jasha Wazalewski said 100% Space Mountain. Don't know uh, don't know what you would do, but I love space and love mountains. Well, it, uh, Elaine just gave you the answer with Florence Pugh and Sebastian Stan. Um, and then Ray Rafael Alvarez says Disney's Hall of Presidents, the movie. Uh, two, low level, two low-level employees are cleaning up the Hall of Presidents Theater as, as the park is closing. All of the presidents come to life and it's two versus 46 war well there you go there you go uh, I, I like that that uh night at the museum political edition like yeah. the west wing night at the museum he's got there yeah it could get let's be honest a few of those presidents that she shit could get a little dicey <laughs> oh yeah i don't see it going well no I, no I see no the third act being very intense like i'm sure like people are thinking like yeah the last one was like oh not just there's a few in there there's a few in there where it would not be great <laughs> And and no matter what, the times change. So even the ones that are good, they were good. We'd be like, oh, on. yeah, yeah. And we can leave Reagan dead. We'll yeah, just, let's just go with leave 45. him out. Yeah, bring, <laughs> just we can skip stay. a couple. Um, let's just pick while we're we, at it. We then cut to movie. we cut to Washington and Jefferson. Have a conversation. You're like, actually, you know what? Time out on all this. We need to not do this right now. <laughs> 
let's not look at these founding fathers with our rose-colored glasses. Yeah. While we're like, yeah. So maybe just like ten, maybe just ten. We just bring back ten. Which at the end of the day, but see, that's what I like about want. this president. It's more like a this this pitch for it because it's like they're they're basically it's Westworld. They're evil robots at this point, uh, being reductive on Westworld. They're not all evil robots, but you get the idea. <laughs> Yeah, and no matter what, we have the the freedom of, of hindsight. So it's going to be a different. I, I like this. I yes. like this. Yes, we'll go to Disney. We'll go to fucking uh, what is it, Bob Chappick, and we'll we'll uh, lay it down for him. But now, <laughs> but now, as I teased uh, and then remembered, I had to do a little bit more business up top. Let's get to Free Guy, which is the new Ryan Reynolds movie coming out. Not the week of this recording, but the following week. Uh, it is directed by Sean Levy, who did the Night of the Museum movies, uh, and written by Zach Penn and Matt Le- Lieberman. Not the Matt Lieberman any of you who are fans of the show from SourceFed think it is. Unfortunately, it's a different Matt Lieberman, uh, unrelated. Um, and this is, of course, starring Ryan Reynolds as Guy, uh, Jody Comer as Millie, Joe Keery as Keys, Taika Waititi as Antoine. And by the way, Ryan Reynolds liked my tweet about Free Guy. And I, that I didn't. It's like I don't know if I should feel good about this, but I did. It, it was, was weird. It was a weird. It was a weird I, experience. I, I had the same experience, and I and I had set a high. I took a screenshot of it, so I, don't feel. I le- I went to the next level. I kept it. So okay. So here's the here's the here's the big. I also took a screen screen grab, and then I'm like, do I say something about? Do I? Just, is this just the for me thing that I just get to remember for myself? <laughs> Is there? I don't know I what just, the protocol is. I did is. it for me. I didn't know what the next move was, but knowing yeah. he'd seen it, like Ryan Rodney Reynolds having acknowledged it, I was like, you know what? That's that's nice. That's it's, nice, right here. That's wild. That's what that's, I want. Yeah, it was. It felt. It felt. It felt really good. And so, uh, the, as of this recording, reviews are literally just coming in. We're recording this right as people are allowed to drop reviews. And as of this moment, it's an eighty-three percent on uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I will say, based on some reviews I saw, that number is probably going to drop a little bit. Um, uh, however, I really liked it. Um, so yeah, it was it was great. Uh, I I think there's a lot of cynicism in the, in the RT pocket. Well, it's interesting because um, I I think it has to do a lot with sometimes I shouldn't say uh, like blanketly, but like expectations and what you're comparing it to. And I think for me, I'm interested to know your thoughts. For me, it fell very in line with like. Um, it, it was closer to like a Wreck-It Ralph than like a Ready Player One. And for me, that's a very much a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really thought it was the best middle ground between Approachable and Ryan Reynolds. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got a very specific sensibility that I think he plays the Ryan Reynolds type very well. There's a certain comedy that Ryan Reynolds does well. It doesn't always work PG-13. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a really, really heartfelt, earnest, endearing way to do PG-13 Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And I thought it was a really smart way to have both nonstop action and very surprisingly in-depth uh, philosophical conversations while never slowing the pace. Like yeah. you can either, it's kind of like Burning Man. You can go and do a lot of drugs and have one experience or you can go and have a very good art journey or you can go and have like a college education you can kind of go into this movie and be like, I want it for the action. Just watch the action. I yeah. want it for the comedy. Just notice the comedy. But like, there's a lot of really interesting philosophical debate underneath it all that you can really invest in that I didn't expect. So yeah. I'm actually bummed at the reasons people didn't like it. Cause I just don't agree. Like I'm okay. If you don't like a movie and, and it seems uh, uh, substantiated in something, but I feel like people don't like it because of Ryan Reynolds or don't like it because of the, like a tone 
And like, I just, it's a bummer to see it. I wanted this to be in the nineties, to be honest, because I yeah. really had a great time with it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I actually think it was a really interesting, you know, cause, cause Ryan Reynolds is a superstar. And when you get to be that level, you kind of, like you were kind of saying, you play a type, you have a type, you know what I mean? You're not a character actor. It's not like you're disappearing into a role. You know what I mean? You're doing, it's the reason people are paying the money is to see you do your thing. And what I liked about this though, is that it is the Ryan Reynolds persona, but like, what if? Uh, Ryan Reynolds, but not an asshole. And I was like, I like this right. really endearing, super likable. Like, like I, I thought it was. I, I do think there's an argument to be made purely as a movie that that there's a, a this movie could have functioned differently if you had somebody that wasn't as objectively handsome, like just kind of like normal dude. Like, I not not now, but like a Tom Hanks. If this was made in the 80s, like a Tom Hanks, where it's like, oh yeah, you're just a dude. Like Ryan Reynolds it does not pass as just, he's fucking Ryan Reynolds. Like you can see the fucking six pack through his shirt. Like that's a, he's, a, um, he's objectively one of those beautiful people on the planet. But seeing him kind of do a more upbeat, more, more likable, you know, uh, version of that persona. I really enjoyed. I liked how sparingly it used references to things. Like it wasn't just nostalgia porn. We're like, here's all this shit. You know what I mean? It was, it was actually the farthest from this guy that mm-hmm. I think we've seen from him in a while. Yes. Uh, which I really liked. I actually, you know, I'm a huge fan of Deadpool as per the life size bus. Yeah. Um, but it, it takes a lot for a character like that to kind of be shaken from an actor. So I, I feel like for the rest of time, Robert Downey Jr., when we hear his voice, we're going to think of Iron Man. Yes. I think there's a certain like snark that we got to avoid with this take. And I really think that it, it gives us it gives us more types of Ryan Reynolds while still playing Ryan Reynolds. And I think that's really important and hard because we're living in a time where movie stars aren't a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, we're living in a time where IP is a thing. And while IP is a thing, it's really hard to introduce new things like Free Guy. So one of the reasons I wanted it to do, I hope it does exceedingly well box office. One of the reasons I wanted it to do better at Rotten Tomatoes is you're introducing a new IP that can really, really be something special. And unless it does gangbusters, we'll end up with more superhero films, which I love, but we need to also have movie stars get to play other things. We get to also have movies get to be this, that, and the other. And I know people are like mad at nepotism and mad, mad at movie stars in general and all those concepts, but you need to be able to sell a certain amount of tickets for these bigger movies to get made. And I think we're entering the slippery slope with streaming and with TikTok and with the the five minutes of fame that comes from YouTube, where we're losing the investability of movies. Yeah. So I think something like Free Guys, this perfect middle ground where it's got its finger on the pulse, it's got the zeitgeist, it's got movie stars, it also has unknowns getting introduced. Yeah. I didn't know Jodie Comer till this. Yeah. So I I personally need this to do well. So I have faith in cinema. There you go. Which there is a go. weird it's a weird <laughs> place to rest my hat, but Free Guy means a lot. Well, yeah, and I think we could, and there's definitely a larger conversation to uh, unpack there. And by the way, uh, for those likely that are not uh, familiar with Jodie Comer, check out Killing Eve, especially the first season. Uh, the, the following seasons are not as good, but that first season, really good, highly recommend. Um, but the, it's this interesting, just like everything else in the entire planet right now, it's being, we're, we're reconsidering things. And I think like what represent, you know, we've got the A24s, which are not like, we like to describe them as like their micro budget things. They're not. They've they've got. They've yeah. got. They're just comparatively. Not. Comparatively, yeah. Comparatively, um, um, and we've got the, those kind of stuff. And of course, we've got the the, the micro budget indies and whatever. Um, and, and just 
and I think you're right. I would like to see as much as this movie does benefit from, like, obviously the the for those that don't know the the synopsis, a bank teller discovers that he's actually an NPC inside a brutal open world video game, and the video game is very much in lines of like, what if Grand Theft Auto but Fortnite, that kind of a, a world, and so it benefits from that without being specifically anything like that. But I, I do like the idea of building out stuff because we do we are kind of like in a nostalgia like sneaking its own tail like you and i obviously love superhero stuff where it's so we're so excited to talk about suicide squad all the stuff there but then you get into like exactly but then you get into stuff like like star wars and it's like well star wars already was george lucas going what if all the things i'm nostalgia about i threw into a movie so now you're like yeah. it's a xerox of a xerox you know what i mean and it's like at a certain well, point yeah. like switch it up <laughs> i i call it nostalgia uh mm-hmm. i think since stranger things nostalgia has taken over so we're we're recycle and and even stranger things like that has caused a bunch of copycats and like you said stranger things is copying the 80s so if you copy stranger things at what point do you lose the pulse Mm -hmm. and what i really liked about this was i didn't feel like this was ripping anything off and it's playing with ip and it feels fresh while also being like impossibly optimistic yeah i find that most times when people like take things like they they tend to make it more cynical they tend to like their commentary on it is more parody or snark than going the opposite direction. I feel like this took a lot of snarky video game world and made it blissfully happy. Yeah. So I, I want uh, one, I want more happiness in cinema. Mm -hmm. Uh, The more the world gets dark, the more we need it. But I also on the flip side, think that comic book movies need to age up a little bit. So if comic book movies are, the main thing we're making movies out of, and I think those need to get a little bit more mature, that means we need to have other IPs that can have a little bit more levity. So Free Guy, I mean, I keep saying it, uh, I'm putting a lot on it, but it might be my favorite movie of the year so far for how much I'm invested in it doing well. Yeah, and I think that they do, you talked about um, uh, Ryan Reynolds kind of switching up his persona. I would I would say this because it's a spoiler, but they've been hitting it hard with the marketing. But it also, I uh, Ryan Reynolds plays another character in the movie. Uh, I'm so bummed they revealed that, dude. Yes, I, me too, me too. So we won't go into it too much, but it is, I do like that Ryan Reynolds has this like, I play this guy, but I also want to play, because he also he played Juggernaut in, in Deadpool 2, right? Yeah, he's a voice. Yeah. yeah, so it's like I also want to be the fucking most ripped person in the fucking world. And it's so much fun, and that's why I'm really glad I didn't know too much about it when we were in our screening. I'd seen a couple shots, but I didn't know enough to be ruined. Whereas I feel like now they're making that their entire campaign, which is tricky because this movie's been advertised for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, you at at what point? Kind of the the Suicide Squad when we get to that, like the problem of marketing. Yeah. How do you market something for over a year with one plan and then have to adjust? That's why I think the Deadpool court thing is once again, Ryan Reynolds being a genius of marketing. The dude has yes. won marketing awards for a reason. He knows how to get people talking and it worked. I would have preferred the thing they just revealed not have been and leans deeper into Deadpool Cork. Yeah, 100%. The Deadpool Cork thing was great on its own. Also, I mentioned that Roxy and I talked about this, but the the when when uh, he asks Cork, like, wait, how do you get to Marvel? And Cork goes on his, Taika Waititi goes on his big rant of like, losing your hopes and dreams is like, oh no, this we've now tapped into, this is real. This is a real thing he's yeah. talking about. This is dark and he's experiencing it and they both feel it because mm-hmm. Ryan is committing to a hell of a thing right now yeah. and Tyke is not that guy. It's it's fascinating how 
you can be meta on top of your meta in yeah. those characters. But but in, if you for for the thing that that Koi and I are talking around right now, I will say the ad for that character is also really good. it's it's because I watched oh, very it after, well done after I watched the movie. I watched and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty great too. <laughs> it's gonna get butts and seats, and I'm more invested in that than having that reveal because the reveal is not ruined. Ruined. It's no. just like. I'm glad I didn't know Same. to the level that other people are knowing. And I, I think that butts and seats are going to be essential with the world right now. Like it's in another week and a half. Are we going to have movie theaters open? Um, yeah. Like there's so many questions. <laughs> yeah, there are, aren't they? Yeah, by the time people hear this, it's like, we can't predict what's going to happen. Yeah, but can't. like, See? I'm, I'm wondering if Shang-Chi gets pushed. Well, Shang-Chi doesn't that, isn't that doing the um, Disney plus premiere too? I don't. I think so because okay. Eternals is the first one I'm hearing is just theaters. Yeah. But if the theaters have to push, does that mean it's just Disney Plus? Like I'm wondering Ooh. if it's push. Yeah, and because it's, it's not. There's no way people can make money off just the Disney Plus. Yeah, and also not that Simu Liu has the juice that Scarlett Johansson has, but I, I would imagine Disney's at a point where they're probably having to make some decisions about the Disney Plus, thing, the Disney Plus premium, and like thing. that's happening right now. So there's an active lawsuit. There's yeah. a Delta variant situation. There's theaters needing to figure their stuff out. There's four theaters in LA trying to reopen under the AMC banner. Like yeah. it's a weird time and we're all just going like, I don't know how safe it is. Let's find out. Well, I will say, and I'm just going to bring this up briefly cause I don't want to derail us, but you mentioned something that's been on my mind uh, since we had our conversation, which was how you've found movies have been, uh, I'm going to butcher what you said, paraphrase what you said. Um, basically the, you've never been happier with like, with movies and the escapism there while the outside world uh, has been scarier. And, and it, it's just been, I guess, cause all of us are thinking about all this stuff. And I was thinking a lot about like, yeah, it is interesting. And, and of course I'm thinking about ready player one and the world that presented, because again, while these movies are very different, uh, and I personally enjoyed this free guy more than I enjoyed Ready Player One. Same, substantially. Because yeah. um, I just I I liked what the the way it tackled the source material better than than or not even source material. You know what I mean? Anyway, it is interesting to me that that with basically since I've been alive the past thirty plus years, we've been investing less in hey how do we keep our planet livable and more like how do we escape everything. And so it does make me like, wait, are, is it going to be Ready Player One? Like, is is Ready Player One like predicting our future? Because I, that's not. Well, I, don't I, want I that. absolutely <laughs> think I one hundred percent think Ready Player One is is soothsaying for sure. No. What worries me? Oh, dude, it's it's, it's today. It's not even tomorrow. It's today. No. Think about how much. Okay, so my thing. I'm obsessed with the concept of digital life. Yeah. We in the early two thousands started transferring over our lives into digital, whether that was money, whether that was, you know, social media, all these things, but now accelerated by the pandemic and forever changed because of the pandemic have started living our lives more digitally than analog. So if we can create a life that is more real because of the amount of time we spend in that persona, does that make it more real than our corporal bodies? Like is at this point, this persona, like right now you and I aren't in the same room, we're talking digitally and this will be seen digitally are these two artifices of you and I more real than you or I because we spend more time in them? I think that's a very valid question. And I think my concern, one, one I, I need a caveat. My concerns are also because I'm an old man at heart. Like I grew up watching Andy Griffith, was a, which was a show made in the 50s that was nostalgic for the 30s. Like, like I'm just, I, I'm not, I don't understand TikTok. I'm just, that this, the, the way things are are changing so quickly, they, 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 Whatever, I'm already behind the time. So a caveat there. (laughs) 
but I also think like like people we're going down a rabbit hole here but like people are whenever they show off the new robots that people freak out because they think terminator or whatever and it's like yeah but what if the only way humanity is able to exist on this planet is through our robot progeny like we're basically able to get robots to a point like i robot where they're basically able to function like us and that's how we continue to exist because we can't live on this planet anymore (laughs) oh dude i i'm every day more and more a post-humanist I, I think that we will be the generation that discovers how to live longer. And I think we'll use that ability to have the upper 5% of us live longer artificially. And I think the next two generations will begin to accept that our life isn't just this flesh. Yeah. Then I think, I think our grandkids will live in a world where artificial mental reality is a standard practice to living on this planet. Uh, and, and I don't think I'm actually inherently against that, but my what, what concerns me is that little little point you put in the, the upper five percent. I'm a little like <laughs> I'm a little. Oh, it's not going to be good. I, yeah. I think I honestly think we're going to see a war in a way we've never experienced in the in the latter third of our lives. I think we're going to see uh, the planet reach a point where it's unsustainable in the second half of our lives. I think we're going to see all of this happen much more accelerated because of the the pandemic and because. Right now, we're so much more accelerated into aggression, which is why, again, Free Guy was so blissful because yeah. it's a pop song for a movie. It's yeah. it's pure escapism. It's bubblegum. It's freedom. It's happiness. But it's got substance, which I think the best pop songs do. Yeah. The best pop songs, you don't realize, like, some of the lyrics, you're like, oh, that's heavy. That's, like, a really heady concept. But it's it's blended with, like, you know, your Carly Rae. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I thought this was Ryan Reynolds doing his best Taylor Swift. Yeah. Uh, and I really, really appreciated the fact that it felt so good, but I, I left and I didn't feel like I was done with it. I've been thinking about so many of the concepts, so many of the, of the philosophical things it presents in a sentence. Yeah. And we need more of that so that you and I can have these conversations with other people and have it not be a surprise when the world's done. <laughs> like we're going to be experiencing that sooner than later in my non-scientific opinion. Yeah, yeah, that is a important caveat. Neither of us are scientists. Uh, so, Not a scientist, but, but I think, just a reader. Yeah, but just a reader. And and I've also been thinking about that, like you know, as because you and I both live in in Los Angeles, so of course, uh, climate change is very much on, especially right now, is very much on our minds. And so I also think about like at a, I was talking to my wife about this at a certain point. This is this is me trying to find optimism through all my fear, which is the that maybe at a certain point, especially if we're thinking Ready Player One world and our planet becomes increasingly harder to inhabit, we're going to need to invest in create technologies that essentially terraform our own planet. And so maybe that's an opportunity for us to create those technologies for when we have the technology to get to Mars. We've, it's like, well, we've already got, we already had to terraform Earth. So now we just use that same versions of that same technology to get us off this rock onto other rocks. But of course, now we're talking about well past anything that resembles our lifetimes. Well, that's what's going to be interesting is we're already making such big decisions to look out instead of look in. This planet isn't done. We've just like, we've, we've, we've stabbed it. It's just not mortally wounded. So I think it's really interesting that certain percentages of billionaires are like, gotta get out. And then other people are like, what, what about here though? And that is why I think ready player one is so prophetic because you know, that that's a book about an apocalypse. That's really boring Mm -hmm. short of VR. And you look at what things did well in pandemic. Like that movie came out a couple years before the pandemic. And then look at the pandemic. We, invested in escapism we yeah. invested in the arts while not funding the arts yeah while not like 
The first thing they want they do when they cut high school budgets is cut the arts. Yes, the first thing that happens when high school is closed is people watch art. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a really not even broad concept of this is how you're failing society. And you and and then look at the Carl Johansson thing. Like Disney, who is the biggest empire in the world, who I love. I'm not speaking ill of Disney. I'm speaking yeah. ill of this situation that Disney did. Yeah. Immediately revealed Scarlett Johansson's uh, payday as a means to disparage her publicly. Mm-hmm. But if you look at a $20 million payday to most people, that seems like an insane amount of money. Yeah. It is an insane amount of money. But people not in the industry don't realize she probably walked with five of those. Mm -hmm. 10% goes to her agent, 10% goes to her manager, 15% goes to her lawyers. And then there's the rest of her team. And then the taxes get taken out of that 20 million. So she gets 30% removed of $20 million. So that's what? 6 million. She's left with 14, but she still owes 10% of that original 20 million to her own team. So that's two, 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 that's another six. So now that's 12 minus her. So we're at eight right now, sight unseen. And that's a house in LA. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a oneer. So to have a company that's responsible for the arts while the arts are being attacked, go, Hey, Hey, look at all this money we gave her feels very, uh, going towards the dark side yes. to put it on a Disney spin. And yeah. it's really tricky because I love Disney, but that's a that's a them making a real Republican move. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, yes, and I and I also think there's there's conversations about yes, the a uh, lot of money go I literally this is gonna be weird. I before literally before we recorded this, I recorded the episode that's gonna come out after this one, talking to my pal Danelle, who's an Olympian. We were talking about the Olympics, and it's just I feel like this whole thing, the the whole pandemic was was a big opportunity of like the t- curtain being torn down of like, listen, listen, literally almost every problem you have is these fucking rich assholes hoovering up all the resources. <laughs> yeah. And how weird is it right now? Like I, I'm generally a pop culture guy, but because of the pandemic, I've become much more of the real world needs to be addressed. Yeah. I.e. us talking about Fall Guy yeah. and and I mean Free Guy and not being able to avoid the fear of apocalypse. Yes. Uh, you know, it's a movie about escapism, but we're acknowledging how much we need that escapism. So I also would argue that COVID really gave us a big old you and I shift of like, yeah. no, 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 we can't just talk about Spider-Man anymore. Yeah. Is New York gonna exist? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and again, like, you know, like with just the stuff we do, like I, my dream for so long has been, I want to make movies. It's like, is that going to be, what does that look like? But I, anyway, these are the big conversations that we're all having. So I hope you at home enjoyed it because you should be having this conversation, whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly just want people to, to be able to escape, but then leave with something in their escapism. Yes. That's why free guy. Four and a half stars for me yes. out of five. Like it's a, it's a really good time. And and just la- again, it's we have all these concerns, and I'm just gonna say this because it, it's not enough that we vote at this point because uh, besides a few outliers, whether it's an R or a D, they're kind of all part of the same class and and trying to accomplish similar things. So it's important for us as communities to unite and work together and figure out solutions in our communities. Uh, cause it's eventually it's going to come down to us. Cause it's, we're the one, we don't get to run away to whatever futuristic Island. These people are going to invent to keep themselves safe. <laughs> we, we're, yeah, we're gonna, not uploading ourselves to the AI as yeah. quickly as they will be. So we're we not the 5%. <laughs> we're not the 5%. <laughs> and no matter what they tell you, the odds of you becoming part of that 5% are very slim. So, so we need to figure that out. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. But, you know, another movie that actually kind of does touch on all this stuff, too, is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. And, of course, we're going to do spoiler-free first, but then and then we're going to get a spoiler. So, don't if you haven't seen it yet, don't leave yet. Although... Um, it is on HBO Max, so it should be easy to see. And and I will say, just a brief look into my review, this is one of the few times we saw it in theaters. I'm going to watch it again on HBO Max probably the day it drops. <laughs> same. Same. I am immediately ready to see it again. Yeah. So um, on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it has a 96%, and the consensus is enlivened by writer-director James Gunn's singularly skewed vision. The Suicide Squad marks a funny, fast-paced rebound that plays to the source material's violent anarchic strengths. The synopsis is supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Bell... Reeve Pelrev, I've heard it pronounced two different ways. Anyway, um, uh, prison joined the super secret, super shady Task Force X. Ooh, excuse me, Task Force X, as they are dropped off at the remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese, which also has two different pronunciations in the movie because some people uh, pronounce it Corto Maltese. Anyway, and of course, it's written by James Gunn, uh, written directed by James Gunn, and stars Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Idris Elba as Bloodsport, John Cena as Peacemaker, Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flag, Violet Davis as uh, Amanda Waller, and literally just Daniela Melcher, like everybody, Michael Rooker's in this movie, Flula Borg's in this movie, everybody's in this fucking movie. Pete Davidson's here. Pete Davidson is here. here. I'm actually excited to talk about uh, Pete Davidson in this movie. Um, but yeah, and Stallone, boy, howdy, did I love King Shark a lot. We um, knew we would, and we still loved him more than we expected. I love, you've watched the animated Harley Quinn show, right? Yeah. I love that there appears to not be a bad take on King Shark. Every take on King Shark is 100% different, and there's not a bad one. And it seems like that's everyone's focus. Like, it <laughs> seems like when you do a property and you've got King Shark, you're like, gotta make sure King Shark's killing Wait, it. We gotta and nail okay King Shark. <laughs> And like it works for me because it's such a character that shouldn't work and you care so much. Well, it's interesting because I did when my tweet about it, I pointed out that this is a movie filled with characters that should have never been in a blockbuster movie. Like these are the characters that nobody should have ever Polka Dot Man. Nobody should have ever gotten to Polka Dot Man. And and James Gunn made a movie that he would have made for twelve dollars for two hundred million. Like he picked characters completely to James Gunn's liking mm-hmm. because he would have made the twelve dollar version of this. It just wouldn't have been this big. This more than like like. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of love for his Guardians movies, but more than even those, this movie feels like it connects the most with his trauma past. Like this is this is Slither James Gunn. Like this is it's a little less. Um, it, it, it is interesting to see how his perspective has evolved. This is this movie is not. Um, it's bloody, it's violent, but it's not. A, I wouldn't say it's a particularly dark movie. There's there's some the black. Yeah, humor I agree. There. Yeah, there's some black humor in there, but it's it's a very optimistic, hopeful. That's where I saw the 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 guardians of it, where there's definitely a lot of love for these characters, and on paper they're villains, but they're 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 overall on the outside rough like the guardians, rough on the outside, heart of gold on the inside. Most of them, not all of them. Um, <laughs> but but as far as like the violence, it, they, the Rotten Tomatoes described it as an archaic. It's like, uh, yeah, that's the trauma James Gunn that he hasn't been able to tap over, tap in at Disney. It literally feels like the culmination of not just James Gunn's entire filmography with like his maturation out of some of the sillier uh, sophomoric violence and yeah. sophomoric humor. The evolution of James Gunn landing here, but also I would argue the evolution of comic book movies. Agreed. Like we had to get through a lot of very like the leather clad X-Men to get mm-hmm. to the, the more colorful Marvel. And now after 
Marvel a more mature, colorful, but cynical while still optimistic take. Like this to me feels like a culmination of 20 years of comic book movies to allow this movie to exist. And it's one of the better ones for it. I totally agree. And it's interesting. I do, you know, there, there's just to get it out of the way, uh, as we're talking about general spoiler free thoughts, I do think there's an argument to me that, that the movie is a little, is a little overlong and a little overstuffed because there's a lot of characters, which means that there's, there's going to be, um, uh, particularly I think Rick Flagg, I think we could have spent more time with like, hey, what's his deal? Like, what's his perspective on all this? Yeah. Because things specifically happen to him that I would imagine he'd have feelings about that we never get to really explore. And, and they, they to not spoil, they do lean on his perspective, but I didn't feel like we'd lived with him enough for that perspective to have the impact it needed to. Yeah, and it's obviously... If that makes sense. 100%. Well, I mean, because I've seen it too. Yeah, 100%. It does, it does yeah. to me. <laughs> uh, and, and obviously, he was in the original... But it's not like, and I'm not going to spend time dunking on the original because obviously the studio and David Ayer and all that stuff. But like that, it's we're, this is a very different animal, and and even even if it was a, less of a reboot and more of a, a direct sequel, because it kind of toes that line. It, it enough time has passed that that like. I, well, how does he feel now? He's clearly been doing this a while. How does he? We don't get any of that. And the, and and so while I do have those criticisms, I do think that this, like you said, not only is this kind of a culmination that you 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 have to get through not just the X Men but like the Avengers and the End Games to get to to this superhero movie, but also it it's not only it does it use the Ostrander Suicide Squad as kind of like it's it's groundwork, but like there's 70, 70s war movie vibes in there. There's definitely the trauma B movie vibes in there. There's these Z-list villains. There's all these elements that very speak directly to interests of mine, movie interests of mine that like watching it, I'm like, I fucking love, I just, this is, this is one of my favorite superhero movies. Like I'm going to watch, I'm going to own this. I'm going to watch it. Like I love this. Yeah. I, I was really surprised because I love James Gunn and I love the comic book DC universe, but I've been burned so many times with DC movies. I kept hearing like they let him do whatever he wanted. He mm-hmm. could use the budget however he wanted. He could use whatever characters he wanted. But that's exactly what they say every single press release. Yeah. And then the movie comes out and six months later, they're like, my hands were tied. I couldn't mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, the second it doesn't do well, they're like, actually, it was awful. <laughs> I didn't have anything to say about that. So it's like this weird clockwork where it's like we get through the press time and then the fallout and then a version of the truth comes out. But this literally felt like they handed James Gunn a barrel full of money. Yeah. And we're like, go nuts. And by the time the credits rolled, I was so tired because I'd had so much stimuli Mm -hmm. from James Gunn's insane brain that I need to see it again because I'm sure there's stuff I missed. Yeah. I'm sure there's stuff that like were references that I didn't know because of how much he loves the comic books. Yeah. But I'm so much happier to be tired for that reason than be tired for the other reason, trying to come up with excuses for why the studio curbed someone's opinion here or there yeah. or there. And I do feel like as much as I love comic book movies, we had to get through about 20 years of it being a studio film to get here. And I really hope this changes things. This to me is like, Deadpool moved things into freedom and this is the next step in the Deadpoolization of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be interesting. And of course, like uh, we've had a lot of conversations about, about the uh, director and the studio and stuff like that. And, and I'll say from my perspective, you know, you get the Snyder cut and I look at that and be like, "Eh, maybe the studio had uh, some points. Uh, Maybe, (laughs) you know, maybe sometimes just giving somebody a blank check and the the best thing. Um, But like in this situation, I think it it totally, totally worked. 
And I was very, because I I enjoy the Guardians movie. I, I don't love them as much as other people love them. So I, you know, going into this, like the trailers got me excited. I, I was interested in all that. And then, but I, I, especially since I didn't get to see it as early, I got to see it early, but not as early as some people. You see the early responses, you're like, don't get your expectations too high because that's a way to get burned. You know what I mean? Like you expect the moon, you know? And it definitely yeah. was 100% what I wanted it to be and I'm interested in what's also interesting is time-wise hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about sequels maybe but like it doesn't need one like I don't it's not like when you said a Marvel movie like like a a series yeah it's like oh I just watched a movie and it felt good when the credits rolled to feel resolved I felt contented Mm -hmm. and even in non-franchise movies that's rare lately like so often I feel like they're like just in case Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't need to have a sequel they're like by the way and that's really hard to not feel slighted after two hours also it could be like 10 years till the sequel like it's just this felt like a movie and i think that's the 70s um inspiration he took like the third act felt like a 70s third act instead of a 90s or 2000s third act yeah yeah and it's so interesting that i think about that like i think about the ending the back to the future uh worth like we don't need roads which even if there wasn't a sequel that's a perfect way to end that movie like it doesn't even yeah but now you couldn't you couldn't even do that without like of course that's a sequel hook like it doesn't even right function and yeah, so I, the terminology of phrases at the end of the movie is totally different like yeah. like the uh I, did you see the tomorrow war I have not, but it's on Prime, so it's all, it's easy for me to check out. So I probably will at some point. I enjoyed it more than most, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I, but part of why I enjoyed it more than most was I was expecting like a C minus, yeah. and then it was a B, and it felt like an A minus because yeah. it was a B. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. was just like jazzed. Uh, but the ending to that is one of those where if that was released in the nineties, early nineties, yeah. it would be done. Yeah. But since it was released now, it's like ninety two more. Yeah. Do you and want that's, to? Like that's all because of our our perspective. And that's no. also the ready player one of it all to go back to our last conversation. We expect to be fed at all times because we can't imagine living here. Yeah, like yeah. like like we can't imagine not having a new bit of art on our TV screens every single night, new Monday through Sunday, yeah. and a new movie in theaters both Wednesday and Friday. We that's the minimum. What you And so like Sure. So it's, it's going to be really dangerous if this turns into everything being serialized for the sake of, one, the art having merit to continue to exist, but also for us to feel like it is worth existing. How many times have you heard about a show that they're like, oh, it only got one season, it got canceled, I'm not going to watch it. It's yeah. like those people spent two years of their lives or more and you're saying no because there's not more of it because yeah. you don't want to go outside. It's just it scares me, man. Yeah, what do you expect me to do? Go on a hike? It's 162 degrees outside. <laughs> I physically cannot. I, I yeah, physically I, cannot. I, I'm trying to get outside more, man, and it's like really hard to be unplugged while melting. Dude, yeah, well, and it's interesting because you know I walk I walk my dog twice a day, but it's like you have to be strategic about it because it's fucking blistering outside. Anyway, not to not to derail on that. Before we get to spoilers, we do have a few questions from the Discord. STS2084 says, what anti-hero or villain would you like to see in the Suicide Squad from another franchise? Examples, Billy Butcher, the Predator Jason, uh, another person on the Discord, I believe it was Terry Fournier, yeah, said uh, Deadpool, obviously. Uh, but but outside of the, the DC franchise, who, who would be a good member of the Suicide Squad? Don't hate me, internet. I'm talking about the character, not the actor. Please don't get mad. I know he's a monster, but the character is exciting. I want to see Martin Riggs on this team. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he'd be the he'd be the the everyman eyeline, and he's also as insane as anyone else. But he's a dude. Yeah, I want to see like Riggs going nuts, and I'd love if Murtaugh came too. Yes, th- that would be uh, that would be really good. I'm trying to think of like who I should have thought about this before we went. Who would be a good member? Of, by the way, the Riggs example would have been a great perspective for Rick Flag. Like, hey, oh, that's exactly Riggs. what I thought. Is, is Riggs is Rick Flag, yeah. but with a little bit more context? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Who would be who would be a good me- outside of that member member of the Suicide Squad? I you know I think about they said Predator, but I think about like Ripley. Oh, John Wick. Oh, John I Wick, like that. Except that's fun. Yeah. He's by nature unkillable, so I don't know if that's... <laughs> that's. Uh, I mean, that kind of works. Uh, I was thinking also Jason Bourne for the military aspect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jason yeah. Bourne would be really fun. Like a more, like a good guy, but he's trapped because like Treadstone has dirt on him. Like yep. he's he's forced into the Suicide Squad by a Treadstone. That would be, that's a, that's a great example. Let's, um, oh, and then we get there. What what about Dom from Fast and Furious? The Fast and Furious team oh, on Suicide anyone, Squad. Anyone in the family, anyone. Give me that movie tomorrow. They want to cross over so bad. There's the way. There's the Universal, way. Call Warner Brothers. Make it happen. Uh, and then oh, I love that. From Danny, we have, do you have a preferred Suicide Squad lineup from the movies, comics, animated movies, et cetera? Uh, et cetera any D-list characters you want to see in the next movie? I mean, it's so scattered because just like Guardians, like there's so many different runs and they're not ever that popular. Yeah. Even the like, Guardians of the Galaxy now isn't that popular. And, and the Guardians of the Galaxy now literally have everybody. If you're a space person, oh, they're all Guardians. you're on the Guardians now. <laughs> um, it's a Marvel character, but I really want to see the do- the spot uh, get some love. Yeah. Uh, the one where you like you punch through and then there comes out of like I, I want to see that guy get some get some love. I know the spot had an episode of the animated Spider Man show, but I think the coolest version of the spot I saw was on Mark Wade's Daredevil run. They really utilized yes. that in a really cool. He way. was actually scary. Yeah, well, especially with Daredevil, the way Daredevil perceives stuff and like the way he perceived the spot. It was well, and I think they did. I think that run did some really cool stuff with uh, Stilt Man too. Uh, they did good yeah, work. Yeah, Mark with- Wade's so good at James Gunning in comics. Like, he's so <laughs> good at making really bad characters awesome. Yeah, like, really likable in some way. I think it's tough because, like you said, like, almost everybody, every C-lister has been on the Suicide Squad at one point or another. I think super, right now Superboy's on it, uh, Connor Kent's Superboy. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think I, I like the original Ostrander lineup a lot. Um, and of course, the, the the core lineup there is was basically like Deadshot, Bronze Tiger, and uh, Boomerang. Who, when we get into spoilers, we'll talk about Boomerang a little bit. Um, and I I like the way that team worked. And if you're talking about, it's not what D lister would you like to see? I, I guess he's a D lister, but I would really like to see Bronze Tiger in one of these movies. I like Bronze Tiger a lot. I think that's happening. I think I mean, that's got to be. He's such a big character. Yeah, he's so important to this. And it, but it is tough for me to think about. Like Michael J. White played him in Arrow, and I am hard pressed to think of an actor better suited to play Bronze Tiger than Michael J. Oh, White. Oh yeah. So, oh, you know what I want to see? I want to see Lobo. I'd love to see Lobo in the Suicide Squad. Oh my God, yes. That's how I'd bring him in. Bring in Lobo. Bring dude. in Lobo. I mean, you know, there's an opportunity for them to do space shit next time. Yeah, Lobo. Lobo would be great because with his his healing ability from every time I've read is like even crazier than like Wolverine stuff. So like you could do yeah. you could do so much to him. <laughs> He's their Deadpool. Like and mm-hmm. and if they hadn't already used Momoa, like imagine a Momoa Deadpool. Like Ooh, that would have been great. One hundred percent. 
100%. So uh, they got to find another Momoa type and distinguish him from Aquaman now. But give me that Lobo, Suicide Squad 3. Okay, so now everybody, if you have not seen it, get the fuck out of the room. Get out of the, this room. We're going to talk about spoilers. Because you don't want to know this because it was part of the thrill. Honestly, get out. Yeah, get out. Seriously, yeah. Do, do yourself a favor and get out. And and the first couple things, we're going to get into who lived and who died. Again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Leave, leave, leave. The couple things I want to get out of the way. One, because you just mentioned Aquaman, I really want to see King Shark show up in Aquaman too. I want to see him. I want to see Jason Momoa's Aquaman fucking hanging out with Sylvester Stallone's King Shark because I think that would be fucking hilarious. I want to see Yaya Abdul-Mateen's Black Manta hanging out with King Shark. Yes. Because they you imagine both if, look so ridiculous with this helmet. Could you imagine if that was his muscle? If like his like, right-hand dude was King Shark? And also, I want to see Stallone and Yaya just brown out in life. Like, that, that's what I want. I want that right there. Oh, I want my that tomorrow. God. That, I, I want that a lot. And I, and I just, because again, I want to go back to, to being very effusive and, and heaping all my praise on this movie. I do want to get out of the way. Uh, this is me being a pedant, pedantic comic nerd person. There was one thing that I was like, mm, not feeling that. Part of it was I do wish we could have gotten more Viola Davis's Amanda Waller because I think um, Amanda Waller is such a a unique character and it's such a very sp- and I think Viola Davis is the absolute best person you could cast so I want to see more of like fucking Amanda Waller you know what I mean we did get to see her in Eleven once which I preferred over her air performance that one time we saw her like full Waller I was like oh. Oh, oh, and that I would have loved to have gotten more of that, but I do think she was better here than the last one. I totally agree with that. And in the moment, in the moment where like an employee was like, "Well, you were, you wouldn't do that with the kid," she's like, "Oh, you have no idea what I would do." I was like, "Oh yeah, that's fucking Amanda Waller." Uh, again, spoilers. Uh, she does the the she gets taken out with a golf club by an employee. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that, that's not. I don't. That would never because there would be at least two people in that room that would kill you before you even get a chance to yeah, do that. And for so, her, yeah, yeah, that are, are her people and will do anything she says. Because because the thing I love about Amanda Waller, she's one of the few people that like makes Batman shit himself. Like like this is the yeah. this is the person that out Batman's Batman. You're not taking her out with a fucking golf club. <laughs> <laughs> So that, I, uh, while we're in spoilers, before we get to lives and dies, yes. I will say that the sequence right before Harley Quinn's action sequence, the uh, marriage sequence, is yeah. probably my favorite Harley Quinn in live action. Um, I think it's my favorite Harley since the the the, the show. Like yeah. her killing that dude is literally the best way to take the Joker arc and solve it. Like they fixed Harley Quinn in one scene and they gave her an arc to build off of. So it's like the end of one arc, the beginning of another that I thought was beautiful. Dude, I totally agree. I, I love Birds of Prey. I, I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, but I like that. Like not only because when they're setting it up, when the romance is happening, you're like, what do what are we doing? Like what's happening right now? And the way they resolve it, and you're like, okay, of course, because it's Harley, and when she shoots the guy. But then when she explains it, she's like, yeah, listen, I've been trained to look for red flags. Killing children is a red flag. And you're like, oh, why couldn't I just walk away? Well, because of the stuff I do. I was like, actually, this this really tracks. <laughs> it was so worth the five minutes of concern. I was like, for five minutes, I was like, James Gunn knows better. Margot Robbie knows better. Comic fans know better. And then I was like, oh, no, no, you did. You played me like a, like a putty. Like, yeah. I was exactly where I needed to be. And then you... You gave me a Harley Quinn that I've never gotten before after we've had five years of straight Harley Quinn content. Yes. And then her escape sequence was fantastic. Like really. And and I will say, so James Gunn has made a big deal about like, they let me kill any character I wanted. They let me do whatever I want. And I'm sure Warner Brothers told him that. Margot Robbie could have said, 
done what Will Smith did and be like, I'm not going to be in that movie. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's so so as we segue into who lived and who died, we were all pretty much on the same boat that Harley safe. And it's like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> can, can we also acknowledge that uh, they clearly had Deadshot in mind in many of the drafts? Yes. And then I love Will Smith, but Idris Elba was so much cooler like yeah. i'm a big dead shot guy and a big will smith guy but i was like 20 minutes in like oh idris elba's dead shot but cool like i loved it yeah i agree with you i think i just honestly will smith, idris elba's um uh star persona is more suited to what i associate with dead shot um yeah and like yeah fucking make it plus but you but you're 100 it's like yeah this especially they throw a line in there that like he and rick flag had served together before which doesn't pay off anyway but it's like oh because this was supposed to be dead shot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like literally there's that scene in the bar where they're talking and I was like, Oh, that was a Will Smith shot. Yeah. That was. A- and what's interesting is like, I love Will Smith dearly. Like we yes. all grew up with him. He's like everyone. Icon. He's the fresh prince. Like he's arcs. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is it's the first time a celebrity um, is too available to me that I feel like I can't see him as his characters if they're not Will Smith now. Yeah. And that's not because of his lack of acting. It's like when Bad Boys 3 came out, I was like, I know this guy's home life because of Instagram. <laughs> yes. I know the red table. He's no longer Mike Lowry because like he says some like badass lines. And I was like, yo, you got to go home to your kids. Yeah. Like, and it just and it, I feel like I know Will Smith too well. I feel like he's down the street, which is the benefit of social media. But also like when he was dead shot, I was like, I don't buy some of these lines yeah. because I love you, Will Smith. Well, Whereas like Idris Elba, terrifying. Yeah. And also, I mean, Idris Elba's Stringer Bell. Like he's one of those people that like, yeah, he could hurt me. I believe that. Oh yeah. <laughs> like even in Luther, when he's a good guy, I'm like, I wouldn't trust Luther in a dark alley, even after I've seen him save all these people. Yeah. And like, did, did you see that really short lived, but excellent Netflix show he did? No. He played a DJ. Uh, Cause in real life, yes. he DJs. Yes. Uh, he plays a DJ long form on a Netflix show. No one watched it. I loved it. It was like one of my favorite Netflix shows. And he's like the nicest guy. But even when he's like charismatically charming, you're still like, oh, that guy could like beat someone up accidentally. Yeah. Like it, there's just a, a nest to him uh, that I really think benefited this Suicide Squad because we didn't really have that with our lead in the last one. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I, yeah, you're 100% right. It's like, yeah, this was and the whole arc of like becoming like, yeah, this was meant for Deadshot. And, but you know what? And, I, but I do applaud James Gunn for not just like recasting Deadshot. Cause like, yeah, maybe now I, I kind of am invested in the idea of like, blood sport and dead shot like could they be on screen together what would that dynamic i'd watch be that like? tomorrow yeah like i'd watch that actually more than some dead shot like spinoffs or suicide squad spinoffs yeah because i'd love to see the dichotomy of that yeah gimme gimme but now listen you've watched them the people at home at this point they're with us we're in spoilers you've watched the movie we've watched the movie uh, almost a year ago now we did we went through the trailer and we said who lived who died and which by the way i don't know if we said it there but we were all on the same page that, like yeah one of these teams you're going to intro one of these movies with one of these teams and they're going to get fucking decimated and that is 100 percent what the, we were we were totally right that's what the movie did which by the way this and again I'm, this isn't like I don't want, I'm not trying to dunk on the air one, but it's like, yeah, this is, this is how you introduce, you introduce a team and then kill them. You're like, Oh, I get what this is now. Not one guy, not one guy who we don't know to 
care about yet. Yeah. They did in 20 minutes what they needed to do the entire first movie. Again, no disrespect to Harry, made a different thing. Yeah. But they gave us 20 minutes to invest in these characters before killing so many of them. Yeah, yeah, so many. And and I and I love that that James Gunn had Michael Rooker as savant be like his window into that version. And it's also a good introduction because there is a question like when you see TDK do his arm thing, it's funny. But on the other hand, you're like, so wait, why did we send this guy? And then you realize, yeah. oh, it's a diversion. She doesn't give a shit about these people. The only thing, I, the, and this goes back to one of my critiques, is then the question is then like, then why was Rick Flagg on the diversion team? And I want to see a situation of Rick Flagg being like, oh, Amanda Waller's going to fucking kill me. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have liked a line of like, he betrayed her or was planning on it. Yeah, I would have liked uh, like he was about to be a liability, something in there. So yes. that was like that was a suicide mission. Yeah, and because uh, that did bother me. Yeah, and which maybe sets up his dedication to be like, I'm going to out this footage at the end, all that stuff. But let's go down the list, man. We haven't even talked about fucking Starro anyway. So when we we'll we'll just go through this, so maybe we can get a chance to talk about Starro real quick. So uh, Violet Davis as Amanda Waller. We uh, Sabrina thought she might die. The the overall vote was she lives. Of course she lives. She's she's fine. Uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. There was literally no fucking. She's producing these movies. There's no fucking way she's dying. <laughs> uh, she did not die. Uh, we said she she lives. She lives. Bloodsport. We said he lives. We were also correct about that. This is an interesting one. John Cena's Peacemaker. I apparently said that I thought he was going to live, but the overall consensus was he would die. And this raises a question because there's a few characters that die that yeah. don't die. So so is it? Cause, cause I want, I want to give this to you guys. Cause he did, he died. <laughs> I would say that post credit scene only came to be after the show was greenlit. Like mm-hmm. I think, you know what I mean? Like I think he died. I'm going to say we were both right. I think points to all of us points to all of us. Oh, I do. I do like how they spent literally almost no effort explaining how he survived. It's a, it's crazy that he survived. Whatever. He's alive. <laughs> he's very strong cut. <laughs> it's like, it's like in, in like, in like one of the fast movies where like, Vin Diesel pulls out this giant bullet from his shoulder as if it was like, and you're like, yeah, I guess he's muscly enough to, for whatever. Sure. I don't know. On the surface of his skin where bullets live. Uh, Here's another one. Uh, Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg. We all said he he was going to die. Ooh, we fucking nailed it. Um, Peter Capaldi as the thinker. We all said dead. We were right about that. Um, This one hurts. We Captain Boomerang. We all thought he was going to die. And he did die. And by the way, can I just say props to Jai Courtney for saying, sure. <laughs> and showing up for five minutes and being the best part of that first movie, in my opinion. Yeah. And doing so much silly press knowing he's in it for five minutes. And thank you to everyone who did full press tours to die. To die. Just to die. But like, a good, he was on the original team. Jai Courtney, Captain Moomerang is actually one of my favorite core Suicide Squad members because he's such a Weasley piece of shit. Um, and, and Jai Courtney, that was me seeing that he's an actual like super talent. Yeah, and what props to him for just showing up to die. Um, Alice Braga as Sol Surya. We said she lives. She does live, although she's not part of the, it's important to note, she was not part of the Suicide Squad. Pete, Pete Davidson as Blackguard. We said, uh, Sabrina thought he was going to live, but we said he was going to die. He sure did. But I love that he was the one that fucking ratted them out. <laughs> we also have been nailing this. This is like 10 for 10, dude. We're, dude, crushing. we're doing so good. Here's the one. Here's where we lose it. Uh, uh, David Del Smallchain as Polka Dot Man. We all said he lives. He sure doesn't. And and Aww. this was another one where like they announced it. Like the second he's like, I'm a hero. It's like, bye-bye. <laughs> 
And like, but he did make it for 90%. So this is our first wrong, this but we fr- had our, we, we knew why he was going to make it that long. Like we had instincts. Also the mom joke, the joke about his mom was never not old. I, I love that. Um, when it was giant Starro mom, oh yeah, giant Starro mom was great. Which, by the way, I think that's unique to the movie, right? Like, I don't think, I don't think, not that Polka Dot Man has like Polka Dot Man's mom thing. Not that I know. Yeah, of. I've never invested as deeply as Dusmaltian did. <laughs> very true, very true. Uh, Michael Rooker Servant. We all said uh, dead. He sure did. And I, I love that. I, I love that he was the bomb head guy. I love that that was how he went out. You need one. You need to prove that she can do it. Um, TDK, the detachable kid. We all said dead. We sure was. Uh, uh, Daniela Melchior. We said lives, and she did. And she actually has a lot of like a lot of the emotional heavy lifting in that. And that. This is interesting. We, we, this was when we knew we thought it was Steve Agee as King Shark, not knowing that Sylvester Stallone would be the dude. Uh, we said dead, and it turns out when they they drop the because in the comics it's like maybe he's a god and they drop that in there but i don't know about you but i was like well whatever that's probably not true and by the end you're like yeah actually he might be a god (laughs) yeah i thought they were doing that ultimate thor thing where he was delusional into being a god but Mm -hmm. wasn't and you don't really know but like i think he's a god yeah so i'll take that l yeah he's basically unkillable it seems like which thank you because i want to see him an aquaman uh sean he looks so good the close-ups oh great and they gave him emotionality so good uh sean gunn as weasel uh i said dead uh you all said lives and it turns out you all are right and i'm also thankful for that because weasel was never not funny to me weasel was fucking funny every time one of the creepiest most trauma characters i've ever seen in, on screen like that character was so uncomfortable <laughs> and he murders children anyway uh and then we got Fulaborg as javelin we all said dead and sure he sure was although his javelin lived on and apparently James Gunn asked the studio for it. And uh, he, he Instagrammed the other day, like this reminded me to ask the prop masters for my javelin. Like yeah. that's what James Gunn's keeping from set. Yes. Love it. And then uh, Meling uh, Ng as Mongal, we all said dead. And uh, yes, she was. Yes, she sure did die, but not before taking Captain Boomerang with her. So we did other than, other than Polka Dot Man, we actually fucking nailed it. So we nailed it short of the character that makes it to the very end of the movie. Very like, end. I'd say that's, I'm going to call that one a win because of the way he goes out is the, is the last hero death. Like yep. we went 90%. Yep. We went 90%. I, I, I am proud of us. You at home should be proud of us. Okay. So we need to wrap this up, but any, before we go, any final thoughts? Uh, we let, I got five. We'll talk about star. Let's talk about star for five minutes. Cause five. Uh, I'm so impressed at the character design. They managed to incorporate the like the Starro from the comic books, plus some very weird, like Geiger sexual, like yeah. alienness with a character that should not work as well as it did. Yeah, 100%. And I, I loved how effectively they did the stars on the face. I love that he actually took the time to give Starro like a perspective and a personality that we hear through the other... Uh, uh, the characters he's possessed. I, 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 and I should mention, I like the way that this movie takes jabs at like American imperialism and American exceptionalism. Yes. Uh, and, and all and that our stuff. war crimes. Yeah. 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 And I thought like I, this movie's about our war issues as Americans and it's not subtle about it. Yes. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate that. I'm definitely going to watch this movie again. I will say, uh, I love seeing the suicide squad fight star. There was part of me that's like, I want to see Superman punch. I want to see the Justice League show. Is there any way the Justice League can show up and fight Star at the end of this movie? (laughs) 
Maybe one of the Stardos survives. Maybe one of the Stardos survives. Listen, when we get Justice League 2 in 2028, uh, maybe it opens with a fight with Starro and like, hey, didn't the Suicide? Whatever, move on. Also, alien species, it never implied there was only one Starro. So they could be in space fighting another of that species, and then it's not a continuity issue. Yeah, boom. There it is. So, Koi, before we go, where can they remind the kids at home where they can find you and what they should be looking out for from you? Uh, so KoiCast on audio, Koi Cubed on video, lots of stuff throughout the week on my YouTube channel. And every Wednesday, it used to be Friday, but now Marvel moved it to Wednesday. As soon as the new show drops, I go on Instagram Live and do a full dissertation, comic references, Easter eggs, MCU impacts. And I've done that for all three shows up to this point. Uh, my friend Emma was on WandaVision, so I had Emma come on the finale. Uh, she was Dottie in the first. But basically, anyone I know that involved with Marvel, I have on my Instagram. It's usually just me ranting. But we'll be doing What If by the time this drops. So uh, follow me on Instagram and you can see the comic book impact of these shows and where I think the MCU is going from there. And then, uh, yeah, just just my name on all the social medias. And, dude, I'm so glad this timing worked out, man. This was fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Uh, uh, please go follow him. Go check all that stuff out. You can find me at DJ Talk Trash. You can find the show at Only Stupid Answers everywhere that matters. But on Twitter, you're going to yank the vows out of stupid. And we'll see you all next week. Bye, everybody.